Hey guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. It's fetish, it's fetish shit. I I, I, I like to bind, I like to be bound. And welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and today you get to listen to me horny squirm as I chat with Rubber Lover, who very rudely showed up early to the recording and caught me in the middle of eating my lunch, leaving me feeling very exposed. <laughs> I met Rubber Lover last year, and, well, let's just say the results of what transpired are all on his Twitter, which is teeming with tons of fun, rubbery fetish sessions. And as you'll hear, he has this warm, liquid voice that just makes me melt into a puddle of a good boy. Today, I want to tell a quick story of my own, because I realized I hadn't yet. So, a good while ago, I met a longtime clown kinkster friend of mine for the first time in San Francisco, and I was supposed to be spending that night with another clown I'd been chatting to for a long time in San Jose. This guy I didn't know so well, but we'd been talking for long enough that he kindly offered me a place to stay since I was traveling so far, and I was very excited to meet up with him for some goofy fun. That morning, however, he suddenly said his partner wasn't completely on board, but when I asked if he needed to make other plans, he told me not to worry and that he'd sort it out. I didn't have any data on my phone in the States, so I was Wi-Fi hopping around San Francisco trying to get an update on where I was staying that night and trying to figure out a backup plan. At this point, he stops replying altogether. Completely ghosts me. I'm in a foreign country, spent almost all my money getting there, and don't have any data on a phone that is about to die. With no other option than to try and get the last bus over the hill to the coast where my partner's parents live, I got the last Caltrain out of San Francisco and arrive in San Jose, and this guy is clearly just panicked and ghosted entirely. Just stuck his head in the sand, hasn't even said he can't host anymore, just went from, no it should be fine, just give me a sec, to crickets. With no cash for the bus, no working ATMs or businesses open at this hour, and the train station closed, I'm lucky enough to be lent some cash, and while I'm waiting for the bus, two individuals get into a fight. It's a man and a woman who were sleeping on a bench in the station and are completely out of it. She's screaming and wailing at him that he hit her, and he's screaming back to stop embarrassing him, and they were both clearly high out of their minds when she reaches into her bag and pulls out a gun. Wrapped in a plastic bag, this was like something from a movie. I've never seen a handgun up close before, and she's a couple feet away from me trying to load it. Now, I'm not sure whether she didn't manage or the safety was on, but she tried to shoot him 
and it just clicked and wouldn't go off. He tackles her to the ground. She starts waving it around, pulling the trigger. I see down the barrel of this thing as she's flailing around, clicking it, and I'm completely frozen. All I can think is how bad this guy is going to feel if he finds out this is how I died. I'm in complete shock. She chases him into the station, still trying to shoot him. And I look behind me to see the line for the bus have all calmly moved down the road and I'm just standing there staring. So I kind of wake up and go join them. And the craziest part was watching a security guard come around the corner, watch this fight taking place and just shake his head as he calls the police. Completely unfazed. Like this was normal to him. The bus arrived and I made it and had a fantastic story to tell when I arrived, but needless to say, my first experience in San Jose kind of sucked. Which is part of why Rubber Lover insisted on showing me such a good time when I came to visit and I cannot wait to come again. I know I kind of took over story time today, but do please keep sending in yours. I love reading them and I actually have a ton of my own I might start sharing if people are interested. As usual, if you get the chance to rate and review, you can have a kidney, just stitch me up when you're done. Today the circus is in San Jose, California, and I invite you to join me as we go under... The big top. You've, you've, you've pissed behind the veil now. and I, like... <laughs> <laughs> I see all your secrets now. Yeah, ew. I see um, how being made. <laughs> and it is disgusting. Um, <laughs> I feel so, like, I feel so naked. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Something about, like, you seeing me. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't get to prepare. <laughs> I didn't I've get to, like. I've seen you naked. And in rubber and tied down to my bed. Mm-hmm. And you hated every minute of it, clearly. Because now you got your own rubber clown cat suit. Yeah, it was um it was so terrible that I thought I would get a cat suit just so that I could do it again and, and, and make sure that it was as horrible. Uh good. I'm I'm I'm, I'm flattered <laughs> that you had such a good experience. <laughs> oh my god, you have the most evil voice. Who, me? I'm an innocent little alpha pup. I don't know what you're talking about. None of those things are true. <laughs> Wait a second. At least one of those things is true. Okay, one of those things is true. The rest of them. <laughs> the rest of them, that's nice, but it's just not true, is it? I'm offended. <laughs> Insulted oh. me. Oh, no. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> oh, really? Uh-huh. You know what I'm going to do about that. Just wait till you come back to the U.S. <laughs> you'll have to catch me first oh that's easy why is that easy just put some tacos and, and you know you'll be there in no time <laughs> or some clown shoes and then and a clown nose and a rubber cat suit and some restraints damn it mm-hmm. filled with glue yeah, hot <laughs> yeah lube, lube and, and, and glue mix how about that lube and glue mix suddenly I'm trapped oh no what a horrible thing mm-hmm. <laughs> Now you're getting excited. You're getting excited. <sighs> this is what I mean about I don't feel like I'm in charge of what's happening here. You're not. You're talking to Adam. Of course you're not in charge. This might be a podcast, but you're never in charge when you're talking to me. It's actually quite the opposite. The sub is always in charge. As a service dom, I always do what the sub wants me to do. It's, you know, just the things that they don't say they want, but I secretly know they want. You're very good at sussing that out. Yeah. Well, it's normally that like I'm in charge of the podcast. <laughs> I'll let you believe you're in charge. How about that? <laughs> 
Actually, the first that was the first thing I ever knew about you was that you had this like voice that I don't know the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and I kind of melt. Good, good. (laughs) I get a lot of comments. It's really funny. A, A lot of people because obviously most people don't know what I look like. They just see the toys that I play with and the rubber toys that I tie up. But everyone's like, oh, my God, your voice. I love your voice. And and people describe it. Uh, the best descriptor that I got and tons of compliments. And, uh, you know, it's very nice to receive compliments like that on my voice, even though I did nothing to get the voice. It's, it's genetics, I guess. But they say that my voice is warm but firm at the same mm. time. So oh, yeah. It, it makes him like, oh, I can trust you. I can relax. And then, yes. you know, that voice is whispering horrible things into your ear that are turning you on and making you scream you chastity cage. Uh, but, you know, that combination of warm but firm seems to work quite well. <laughs> that, like, whole... It, that's exactly what it is. That's a really good description. It it really is, like, inviting, but also... It's the way that you laugh and, like... It's every time you're like, oh, like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's that little condescending, like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. The, the fake condescending is like, oh, <laughs> gosh, oh what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're stuck. You're stuck in that cat suit. <laughs> you were the first, you started this whole like toyification thing. Uh, like now just becoming like a, a, a puppet someone's rubber toy just something to be used and milked is like I didn't even know that I like I saw your stuff and I was like oh okay cool and it wasn't until I du- I did it that I was like oh god this is <laughs> new, new kink unlocked <laughs> uh-huh this is gonna be a big problem for me <laughs> from now on this is a new weakness of mine it, it, there's something so hot about turning a, a handsome boy like yourself into a faceless shiny rubber toy Right. And, and I love that aspect of, of transformation, modification, objectification. Obviously, I know there's a person inside, but on the outside, it just looks like a toy. And you can yeah. that toy can take many shapes or forms, depends on what the mood strikes. Well, I like that as well, because when I did it, I had like my my nose and stuff, little little elements, little the glove and the collar and things. But looking at the pictures, because obviously I had no idea what I looked like, but looking at the pictures, I'm like there's there's no identity there and that's not something i've ever found hot before but i yeah i really liked that i was just this thing yeah and you just existed (laughs) in the way i wanted you to exist without even knowing what you looked like right Mm. and and i had that happen with with a couple of people uh one of my good friends we had a scene and he was completely rubber from head to toe so you know if he saw a picture you wouldn't know that it was him Mm. um and he forgot about that scene. And then I posted the pictures a, a, a few weeks later because I didn't have time to post them. And then he texted me saying, oh, my God, that scene you just posted is fucking hot. I just jerked off like, you know, three times. I was like, you realize that was you, right? And he's like, what? I just jerked off to my own pictures. I was like, yes, that was you. <laughs> I, I had no idea because I I recognized the catsuit and the color of the catsuit, but I didn't know that's what I looked like when I was wow. in Right. So <laughs> it, it's quite cool. Uh, Do you think there's an element of uh, anonymity that comes with, because the stuff that you do, like I would assume that for a lot of people who want to make media, but, you know, feel 
like they don't want to show their face or they're uncomfortable with that kind of thing. Do you get a lot of people who are like, oh, that's a great way to do it and then fall in love with the idea of Sure. It, it works both ways. Like I'm very private and very, uh, you know, anonymous. Very few people know what I look mm-hmm. like uh, because of my career, my profession and what I do mm-hmm. uh, outside of kink. So that can be an appeal for some people. Uh, and it applies to many things. Like uh, it's not only rubber and rubber hoods, but uh, furries, for example. Uh, I know a ton of furries that are like CEOs of companies yeah. uh, and they go to Furcon in their giant fursuits and they're completely anonymous, right? Or uh, gimps uh, with their rubber leather gimps, uh, pup play, same thing. Like a pup hood can be a good vehicle to convey yeah. oh. uh, and, and help you get into a headspace, right? So it's a dual purpose. One is to uh, give you some safety in the anonymity that no one's going to be, you know, posting your pictures and saying, mm-hmm. oh, you know, exposing your work, but also the uh, headspace of getting into the scene, right? So oh. it's, it's a dual purpose. Yeah, putting on the pup hood is such a powerful thing that like muffling of the sound and you know that the image you're portraying is, it's what you want people to see, but it's also like you are just that thing now and you're recognizable and you're you. But also, yeah, you get that complete like transfer. I mean, that that's kind of what I do with clown makeup because mm-hmm. I've gotten to the point where I'm totally fine with people seeing my clown face because I feel like if you recognize me, first of all, what are you doing looking at this? Like, you know what I mean? Like that's several steps. To... Right. right. How did but you at this point, like, in the first place? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. You're like, hmm, okay. But I mean, at this point, I, yeah, I, I don't worry about that really. I. I should probably just show my face at this point. It would, if anything, it would be like you know, a discussion I have with my partner about you know his job or whatever. But sure. um, okay, I oh, did I tell you I um, I did chastity. Oh no, do tell, dude. Whoa. I mean, oh, that, uh, good boy. Uh, you would have loved this actually, because I decided that the way to get over my fear of it was to do a big fear play scene in the middle of a, of a club in Berlin. Nice. And uh, it was because somebody was telling me that like good puppies get fixed. We're going to take you to the vet. And then eventually he was like, oh, we could do it as like a big scene. And when I least expected it, all the little puppies jumped me and took me to the middle of the club. Uh, they popped me up and then took the puppy for a walk and had bells and like did a big shame procession and said, you know, who wants to come see the puppy get fixed and then held me down and tortured my balls and uh, forced it on me. Yeah, it was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) You hated it. I'm sure. Uh Well, it was, it it was really scary. (laughs) It was so intense that I was like, I, I couldn't even think, but then once it was on and once it was done, uh, you know, when we had a cuddle and aftercare and stuff, I was like, this is totally fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and just, you know, to, to make it clear, fixing and, and chastity are different things, right? <laughs> like yeah. the, the extreme way of so, chastity. But, uh, yeah. Right, right. Like, that's where I got the idea. I was like, well, how are we going to do this as a scene? But then I was talking about it on Twitter and somebody commented being like, don't do that. Don't change yourself for, for someone else. It's really dangerous. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing amateur surgery. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. This is fantasy and, and, and chastity is the, the equivalent of, of you know, being well, Speaking of, how are your testicles? Because last time I saw you, <laughs> you had punctured them with bars of metal. That that's right. <laughs> that's one way of putting it. Uh, yeah, so they're fine. They're, they're healing. They're healed now. Um, 
I had a, a very hot scene with a, a good friend of mine from Australia, and it all started because we we had a, a we were just chatting on Twitter, and and he lives in Australia, I live in the United States, so very very far away, and he's a piercer, and and he loves piercing people, and he's like, oh my god, I would love to pierce your ball sack, and I was like, he has twenty piercings on around his ball sack, right? So he has a, a mohawk <laughs> of piercings, and I was like, it's a really hot look, and and I appreciate it on others, but I don't think I. I do it for myself. I'm a goody two shoes, and you know, in my day job, I'm no one. No one would suspect that I'm kinky or anything like that. So you know, it's hot. I'd appreciate it and admire it, but I don't think I would want it for myself. And he's like, "No, you should let me do it. It would look great on you. Uh, it feels great." And it's like, "Well, you know, I, I, I don't have any piercings or tattoos. I'm. I don't think that'd be my thing." It's like, "No, you're a blank canvas. That's the best thing. It would be really hot. It would be an honor for me to to get you your first piercing." It's like. And we were chatting about this back and forth, and I said, "Fine, I'll make you a deal. If I, if we ever meet in person, I'm, I will let you do it, right?" And he's like, "Okay, we're gonna do ten piercings on your ball sack." And uh, I said, "Sure, sure, sure," because in my mind, it's like, "Okay, you're in Australia, I'm in the U.S. We're never gonna meet, right?" So un- unless, and I forgot that we have a thing called airplanes, and that people actually travel a lot, <laughs> of me traveling a lot. <laughs> so um, uh, he's like, "Okay, deal," and I was like, "Wait." You agreed to that way too quickly. Why did you do this? Like, oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm actually going to San Francisco <laughs> next month. <laughs> I was like, what? So I was like, oh shoot, what did I get myself into? Uh, so we did meet, and uh, he tied me down, and he pierced my ball sack, and he gave me a ladder of six piercings. Uh, after the sixth one, I couldn't take the pain uh, because I'm not a pain pig. I don't like pain. Um, and he wanted to do 10. After the sixth one, I just tapped out. I was like, you know what? We need to, to stop there because it, it's hurting a lot. Um, and yeah, he put six barbells of metal through through my ball sack. Uh, so I have a nice ladder. Now there's only five. Uh, during, during the healing process, one actually fell out at night. And when I tried to put it back in in the morning, it had already closed. Mm, so yeah. uh, I was like, okay, fine. Now I have five instead of six. <laughs> yeah, there, there's six bars of metal <laughs> in my ball sack. Fuck. How how is it now? Like totally fine? Is it nice? Does it feel good or? It's mainly decorative. It doesn't feel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really add anything or any sensation. Uh, it's it's quite unique. Not many people have a ladder in their ball sack. <laughs> but I went from saying from having zero piercings to having six piercings very very quickly in, in literally thirty minutes. When I tell my when I tell my friends they were in shock. It's like what you did what? And it's like yep, yeah, uh, it happened. It it just happened. It's it's a thing. Um, but they're fine. They're, they're healed now. Um, let's just say they make really cool or really interesting weather indicators. Oh, <laughs> if it gets cold outside, you know, naturally oh. <laughs> your, your balls are fixed to tighten. And then just I feel pfft. the pinch. Yeah. Oh. I feel the pinching. They're really like pinch. And it's like, Oh, it's really cold outside today. Uh, it's like, how do you know? It's like, trust me, I can tell. <laughs> Is that hard with rubber? No, it's fine. Um, the the oh. piercings are are barbels, and even if there were rings, uh, they're very smooth and round. So as long as there's no sharp edges, you can wear rubber on anything, and it's fine. So I've kind of had an issue uh, with rubber. The only issue, and that applies with any piercings, is that they they, they can stink really bad <laughs> after a while. <laughs> so because sweat gets accumulated, so yeah, uh, and that's kind of cool. So yeah. So I have my first rubber. Which I'm very, I mean, it's not my, I like, I I have other rubber, but this is my first custom rubber. This is my first cat suit. This is my first, like, I, I'm, I'm looking after this, this thing. But, um, tomorrow I'm going to pick up the fit suit that they made to create it. 
And so now I'm going to have like a clowny one and just a black one. Nice. Which now that I'm kind of getting into the idea of the stripping of identity, I'm kind of leaning towards understanding what drones are kind of all about. Mm-hmm. Was rubber like your first love in in, in the kink world? Yes. Uh, I, I would say so. It's your name, I mean. Yeah. So and that that nickname is so old, like rubber lover, but misspelled on purpose. It's 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 so old. Uh, I had that since I was like 17 or something like that. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, oh yeah. I, I was very precocious and very horny and kinky since I was I, I was kinky before I was gay. I, I, I didn't realize yeah. I was gay too much later. Um but it all started with a pair of rubber boots, like rubber rain boots, Wellingtons, I think they call them in the yep. UK, uh, yep. rubber wellies. Um, and when I was a kid, I had these this pair of uh, navy blue uh, shiny rubber Wellingtons with yellow trim on the top. And I love those boots, and I would wear them every ch- chance I could. Uh, it was only for rainy season, but I, I would love to wear them to school and everything. And then once I grew them, uh, my mom tried to toss them away because I didn't fit in them anymore. And every time she tried to toss them away, I would go back into the trash can and pull them back <laughs> into my closet. And she's like, I thought I threw this out. Why <laughs> and eventually, after five or six times, I realized that I was doing it. It's like, why are you keeping these that you don't fit in them anymore? It's because I like the the shiny, uh, smooth surface of the rubber material. And obviously, I was a kid. I was four or five years old. There was no sexual association at all with the material. But since then, I've always been fixated on the shiny, smooth surface of rubber. And, you know, how it looks. Um, and it was not till a lot later when I was a teenager and looking at, you know, online things that teenagers shouldn't be looking at. Uh, and then I found back then, uh, there's a couple of websites. One was Eki, uh, uh, also known as Bondage Fan. And then the other website was, uh, before Recon became Recon, there was World Rubber Men, uh, which was a precursor to Recon. Um and then I saw that there were guys fully covered in rubber from head to toe. And I was like, okay, that is hot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. You're, yeah, no, I'm going to blame you. You're like so good at corrupting. And there's something so inviting about really? hearing you. Yeah, you. <laughs> I'm an innocent little alpha pup. I don't know what you're talking about. No, we've established you are absolutely not. Um, there's <laughs> something about like, I don't know, hearing you like how much you like the things that you like that's really, I don't know, inviting and makes me... Compelling to try it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Also... Let's try it on. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> Let me put you in this neck entry catsuit that you cannot get out of without my help. Mm-hmm. That's the worst that can happen. <laughs> Actually, speaking of the worst that can happen, I was so almost ready to try the E-Stim, but... I think this time I sort of have to. Yeah, once you can visit again. <laughs> There's so many things. Uh, yeah, because we toyed around with the idea, and I was just like, oh, I don't know. Because the only electro stuff I've done is like a shock collar, and that hurts. Oh no! Oh no! No no! This is electro. I mean, yes, electro can hurt too if you go too high too quickly. But electro, uh, I don't know if you ever had physical therapy. You're probably too young to know what physical therapy is or need physical therapy. Uh, but part of physical therapy, if you get an injury uh, and they send you to a therapist to do physical therapy. I used to be a dancer. Okay. Okay. So then you might have had physical therapy done. Mm-hmm. That is true. The e-stim that they use, the tense unit. Uh, is, yeah. Yeah. It, tense machine. It, the tingling sensation that you feel on your muscles when they put the tense pads, the sticky pads on your muscles 
it's a very similar sensation that what you feel with an electro plug or an electro sound or an electro ball crusher. There's basically electro attachments for every part of the body. Um, and it's that tingly sensation that you feel. Mm-hmm. Now, depending on the body part that you put it, it can be very pleasurable. And depends on the intensity, it can be pleasurable or painful. So that that border between pain and pleasure, you can play with quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I made people come just from electro plugs, like literally hands free, just from the electro plug. Uh, hands free, I would love to get there. <laughs> good, good. Mm. There's many ways to train you to do that. Oh. <laughs> good boy. Might take a few long sessions, but um, mm-hmm. I'm willing. I'm a good. I'm a fast learner. Good. <laughs> boy. Well, see the edging. I was like, look, I hate edging, man. Like, I can't do it. Like, it just pisses me off. And you're like, no, no. Yeah, you I've got it. you. It was, it was horrible. I know. You hate it every minute of it. Yeah, like I don't know. You are clearly very in tune with when to 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 stop, and I am not. <laughs> like, I clearly take it too just too far, and then it just ruins it. Whereas. Yeah, you did it really, really well, and and I mean the pictures say it all. <laughs> <laughs> the pictures and the videos <laughs> say more than, than than the thousand words. No, it's 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 fun. Edging is one of my favorite things. Obviously, rubber bondage, electro chastity, and uh, edging are, are you know my specialties. Things that I enjoy doing <laughs> and that I know how to do really, really well, and that I practice enough to to know how to do them well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, edging. I, I can edge people for hours. And now that I have a milking machine, it's 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 evil because I can use that to edge people as well. <laughs> the milking machine. Okay, I actually really enjoyed trying that. However, I had to stop because I, I again I didn't realize this that my it was hurting too much because it was standing up too much. Right. And my penis only comes away from the body a little bit. Like it's it's really sure. like all, all the way up or nothing. And so I realized it was just hurting and it was pulling away too much. And I realized I, I want to try that again, but just adjust it so that yeah. I can actually. And have you told me I could have adjusted the angle right away? Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, I was trying to like, I mean, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were good. Uh, no, I usually am very good at gag speak, but uh, those things that are that specific saying tilt the, you know, yeah, yeah, I, there was no, and and also I didn't realize. So I I did a photo shoot a few weeks ago that was it was actually like my first kind of vanilla shoot. Like I was just nude, but I was on this armchair, and he's asking me to put my like to have my cock come down and like point backwards and get hard that way. And I was like, that's imp- like, I cannot do that. And so I tried as much as I could, but I was like, yeah, this hurts too much. Like I can't, I can't keep, I can't keep doing that. I didn't realize that people are like, some people can go like all the way down. Yeah. It, it's, it's, everyone is different. Everyone's connective tissue is more or less elastic and people can point their penises in very many different directions, <laughs> depending on the, the um, anatomy. There's, I was in a cruise with friends for, for my 40th birthday recently. And one of the shows they had, it was a gay cruise. And one of the shows they had is called Puppetry of the Penis. And there are two guys, two performers. They actually have a show in Vegas for this. Uh, and they're naked in the stage and they do different shapes of animals or you know, things with their balls and their cock by pulling and tugging their balls and their nutsack what? and you know, pulling their penises and wrapping things around. Um, Whoa. But, yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, <laughs> obviously, these people warm up and their skin is super elastic and they, they warm up their, their uh, testes and their cock before doing this every day. But um, one of my favorite ones was the hamburger. Uh, you basically take the ball sack and turn it sideways and uh, 
then you wrap the penis around it. So the penis becomes the meat and the balls become the buns. So the burger <laughs> so it looks like a slider. <laughs> you look at it from the front. <laughs> it was hilarious. It's really funny. Uh, it's a one, you know, one thing that I don't need to see it again. One time was good enough, but it was, it was, it was funny and, and cute. Um, but yeah, you can bend your penis and, and ball sack in many different directions. depends on how flexible they are. Oh, that just sounds so... Okay, I mean, like, I know you love torture, so... <laughs> oh, me? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, now I like being tortured, so... Mm. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> well, I'm, kind of, I'm quite bendy still, so there's actually a lot that you can do to me before... I give out. <laughs> Stop raising your eyebrow like a villain. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a villain laughter. That is really funny. Uh, people, one time I saw said, you laugh like a Disney villain. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh like you're twirling a, a mustache. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> where did like that come from though? Like where did you first realize, was it just seeing rubber gimps that you were like, oh, I want to, I want to bind people and torture the shit. <laughs> oh wow, where did it come from? Uh, since I can remember, when I was a kid playing with my cousins, I was always a villain, and I was always the one capturing others and oh. imprisoning them, and you know, tying them down, you know, metaphorically oh. or physically. Um, at some point, it, it, it got into physical torture, and, and I was like, oh, this is turning me on. And in front of my cousins, that's kind of awkward. <laughs> so we stopped playing that after very soon after that, uh, as you can imagine. Um, but yeah, I was always a villain. I was always the one catching the others. Mm. Um, mm. To me, the trope that is like ridiculous is on every single superhero show, the villain always has the the heroes tied down and then explains the master plan. And it's like, yes. why are you doing this? You're like, yeah. you're dumb. And you're telling me the plans and you haven't gotten rid of them yet. Right? Yeah. So it's like, no, I can be a better villain than those TV villains. <laughs> um, and then I will explain the plan once I have you bound and make sure that you cannot get out. But I, I make sure that you cannot get out. <laughs> and usually my evil plan uh, involves giving you a lot, a lot of pleasure and finding the buttons that I can press to get you to twitch and to get your cock really, really hard and to get you to moan and groan and beg, which is what I like. Yeah, see, like when, because I remember saying to you, like, I'm not really a sensation-based person and like, I don't, you know, have a lot of erogenous zones. Mm-hmm. And you were like, not a problem. I'll find them. Yep. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then also the... I, I'm so into vocality and the the constant description and the talking is so hypnotic and like creates the whole scenario. And I was so in it. Like, <laughs> and, and I, I do like reminding, there's something really hot about reminding a, a bondage toy of their current situation, mm-hmm. right? Because they can't see usually, I mean, depends on the subs, some subs don't like blindfolds, but uh, mm-hmm. I usually like blindfolding my subs and taking away all their senses, except, you know, their hearing and their smelling. Um, sometimes they're tasting, but, uh, it's fun to remind them of their situation. And that usually is a, it's, it's something very erotic to someone that is bound because part of bondage is letting go and losing control, right? So just being reminded that you don't have control, uh, obviously in a safe environment where you're trusting the person that is tying you down, right? Because Mm. there's always an element of what if, or a little element of fear, right? Whenever you're bound and vulnerable, but it's good to know that the person that is tying you down is someone that will trust that you can trust that will respect mm-hmm. your limits and that you are safe with. Uh, but there's always that what if, right? That that slight thrill or or sense of emotions like ooh, what if, what if, right? Uh, and that's part of the bondage experience, letting go and not having that control. Um, 
but obviously every scene, as I say, and this was a, a quote, I heard first Master Dart say this quote, but I don't know if it was his originally, but the, the dumb's job is to continually extract consent from the sub, mm-hmm. right? In any scene, the sub is always in control and the dumb is just extracting that consent to go further, to push a little farther. Uh, and the dumb stops when the sub says yeah. that that's enough, right? And of course, he said that in those low, dulcet tones. He's awesome. Yeah, he's great. But yeah, no, that is totally true, that the sub ultimately is the one who has the power to stop what's happening. So mm-hmm. that's the real power. But sure. yeah, I mean, play is is where we get to act things. It, it makes me think, you, you're saying you, you always used to be the villain. Look, I didn't, I didn't connect these dots. I didn't know these things about myself. And when I finally got into pup play and power play, I look back and I'm like, I always wanted to be the prince who gets kidnapped. I always wanted to be the the dog. I always wanted to be nice. captured and bound and, you know, all these submissive things. I remember being really excited by like little things, superhero shows. I remember there was an episode of Teen Titans where Beast Boy gets chained up like a dog and kept by this alien. And in, in, even in Harry Potter, when like Ron gets dragged into the tree by the dog, I was like, oh, he's so helpless. And I didn't know why I wanted those kind of scenarios, but now I'm like, oh, bondage is fun. <laughs> of course. It, it's meant to be fun. Now, it can be also very scary if, if you don't trust a person that, you know, is, is, in, is tying you down. Uh, yes. Never, never, never play with anyone that you don't trust, that your no. guts don't. Um, yeah, never. never play with someone you don't trust. I learned that very quickly uh, with Impact. Mm-hmm. And I realized that... Um, you, your, your body knows, your body knows instantly. And if you get that ick feeling inside of you, just trust your gut yep. because your body knows before you do if, if something's wrong or if you don't completely trust the person and okay. you're trusting them with something. Yeah. I mean, anything can <laughs> happen, you know, in this world. Yeah. So. And that's, that's critical. Um, in a lot of my scenes, the sub at the end, they give me a hug and it's like, thank you. And they thank me. It's like, well, thank you for trusting me. Right? Yeah. Because some a lot of the things that I do with bondage require a lot of trust, right? Uh, and you know, the scenes can go from mild to wild, depends on the experience of the sub. But you know, sometimes they can get very intense, right? You know, the time that I made a, a, a gimp come just by electro in his hole, he was locked in chastity, and I just kept playing with the electro plug and taking it higher and higher and higher. I knew he can take it, and then he was asking for more. And, and it got to the point that it was painful. He maxed out the, the electro box, which can be very painful. But the idea of him being bound and not having control and this keep going higher and higher and higher is the thought that get him to come, right? And after I was like, oh my God, that was amazing. Thank you. I was like, well, you're thanking me for torturing you. Great. <laughs> you know, <I'll> you, <laughs> thank you for trusting me that I, obviously I wasn't going to hurt you or do anything that would cause you harm. Right? Mm. So. Yeah, no, I... I... I have to say you're very meticulous in all areas, which I really appreciate being the clumsy bozo that I am. Like I'm always afraid of breaking gear and like, uh, I like that everything is very organized and I, I didn't really, you know, I was like, okay, you're in charge. You tell me what's happening and, and, and everything like that. And that goes like all the way to, um, yeah, checking in and making sure that there's safety parameters in place and 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 all those kinds of all those kinds of things. You have a lot of restraints. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're saying like it's a bad thing? I, I don't know. No, no. I'm just like marveling because I wanted to talk about your new suspension rig. That's so much fun. How does that actually because I saw 
it was Christopher in it, wasn't it? Uh, Christopher has been in it, yes. But yeah. I have had other folks in it too. Um, mm-hmm. It's the most recent addition to my playroom. It was my Christmas present to myself uh, <laughs> this past Christmas. And it sat in my playroom for like three months because I had to find a contractor that was willing to come install that. But how do you explain what it is and how to install it? And why is it important that it's safe and can hold a human body worth of weight uh, to someone that is not kinky? So I finally found a great a gay contractor that didn't care. He's like, sure, whatever. I've, I've seen worse. And the day that he came to install it, I had a scene. So I had a gimp walked out of the bathroom fully rubbered. And he's like, oh, there's a gimp. He's like, yep, don't mind him. Don't mind the gimp. Let's, let me show you where <laughs> the, the suspension rig. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite pieces of, of gear now. And, and I use it quite a bit. Actually, I can show you. Oh yeah, please do. I know people can't see this, but it's a suspension harness, uh, and it's attached to the ceiling of my playroom and it's very sturdy, uh, Latigo, uh, leather, and it's, you know, attached to the ceiling with a trailer hitch and heavy chain. So damn, it's heavy duty. It is. I mean, it has to hold a human's body worth of yeah. weight. And of course, safety first. Uh, there's padding. I, I bought padded tiles for the playroom so that if anyone happens to fall, they don't hurt themselves. Uh, because, you know, every time, and that's something that people don't usually talk about, it is a liability for the dom, right? If someone gets injured during the scene, you know, I can get sued, right? Mm, yeah. So uh, the people can be like, hey, you hurt me, you injured me. It's like, and I, I don't do like waivers or anything with the people that I play with because it's all understood that isn't all good and good fun. But accident, yeah. accidents do happen, right? I've been fortunate that it hasn't been any big accident uh, during any of my scenes, but it is a liability uh, to play uh, with anyone. And and this goes to talk about safety. And I know Dart is, is big on safety as well. Uh, but for example, there's people that every time I talk play with someone new, it's like, hey, are you on any medications? Do you have any mm-hmm. health conditions that I should be aware of, right? Yeah. Uh, because if someone has claustrophobia, I probably won't choose anything that is mega restrictive that will cause them claustrophobic, uh, claustrophobic attack. Um, I have a really good friend from Australia. He has uh, narcolepsy, right? So it was important to understand that if he zoned down for a little bit, it was it was okay. It was not something that was a medical emergency that I need to act on. Yeah. It was just his condition, right? Or people that are on medications, right? We always talk about, hey, if you are on, you know, any... Uh, sort of Viagra or boner pill, never do poppers because that can yes. cause a very dangerous drop in your blood pressure that can give you a heart attack. And that is very, very important to tell people, right? So whenever someone says, hey, give me a hit of poppers, it's like, hey, I don't have poppers. If you want poppers, bring your own because I don't have them. They give me headaches um, and I don't keep those at home. Uh, but second, hey, are you on any medications, right? Because poppers can interact negatively with a lot of things and, and be quite deadly, right? So. Yeah, not only did I not know that about poppers that, you know, if you take anything with it that can, you know, anything that's blood thinning or anything like that, mm-hmm. or, or, or the opposite, I didn't know as well that it can make you blind <laughs> on their own. Just use uh, overuse can yep. temporarily yeah, yeah. or permanently damage your eyesight. Yeah, they, they, it depends on the poppers. They have a lot of... Uh, poppers are very volatile. I mean, they're, they're, they're dissolved in, um, you know, either some type of ether or alcohol. And, you know, some of those compounds can actually cause blindness uh, as well. So that's why, yeah, you know, use, be responsible, be, be careful yeah. with the. Yeah. I also find that because of the nature of kink, you will find the most responsible, conscientious people because A, we're playing and sometimes we're playing with sort of risky, you know, potentially dangerous things. But also these are like parts of our lives that we've often been made to feel bad about and so 
we are very respectful to one another and we typically respect each other's privacy a lot and that kind of thing. And it, it really drove home. I watched um, a brilliant film, really, really, really brilliant film called Pleasure um, with my friends. And it has a, a Lucy Hart before uh, they transitioned in it. And it, like, I was already such a fan. So I was so giddy, like pointing them out. But there is a scene where, so she's a, a Swedish sex worker who's moved to LA and she's trying to make it big, trying to, you know, make it big in the porn industry. And so she does this and, and she has a lot of experiences, some good, some bad, but the best one she has, and it's just this short scene is where she goes to do this um, suspension rope work fetish scene. And it's like in a dungeon and it's all like super, you know, like the scene is set up. It's exactly what you, you know, expect from, from this kind of porn. And then the guy like tying her up and fucking her and choking her is like, the sweetest, nicest guy. And then all the camera crew are like, hey, do you need water? You know, like helping her out. And then they're all looking at the footage together. And like that, I was just like, that is literally what it is like. It, you know, these are the nicest people. These are the most conscientious, gentle people because we're doing, you know, such an extreme thing. And there's a level of understanding that everyone in that room has mm-hmm. that vanilla people, you know, you don't think about things like safety. I mean, my friend said to me as well, like the amount of, safety just in terms of consent you know you talk about what you're going to do before you mm-hmm. do anything not to sort of plan it out but just so we know what the parameters are what the boundaries are what our yep. limits are and she was saying i have no idea what's happening when i go into a room with someone like i'm i i've never even really considered it we sort of know that consent's a thing but we don't really talk about it we just kind of hope that it's okay and that's actually a lot more dangerous when you're having casual sex that's true yeah, and there have been actually uh, scientific articles published about this. Uh, people that engage in kink, uh, kinky sex, or, or uh, different fetishes tend to have better communication and better, longer-lasting relationships. Because, as you pointed out, you have to have good communication, right? In most of these cases, the kink community is amazing, and, and yes, consent is very important. Most people in the kink community are very nice, as you mentioned, but um, you know, it's still about communication and consent. Yeah, right. and, and to engage in any kinky behavior, whether it's dangerous or not, uh, always involves good communication. You have to talk about what are your limits, what are your likes, what are your dislikes, right? Um, and there's many fetishes out there, there's many kinks out there, but any fetish still has uh, you know, consent involved and, and, and good communication is required. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, kinksters are, are very nice people and some of the sweetest people you'll meet because they're good communicators and they actually care about other people, right? So. Yeah, and also, sorry, you don't you don't last long. Like, if you are not a safe play partner, it is very obvious early on, and very quickly people will hear about it. You know, like it's 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 a very a lot of fetishes. It's a very tight knit community, especially the more niche you get. So, yep. yeah, I mean, like I said, that experience that I had with that that one person, immediately he was kicked out of the club we were in and people really just closed ranks around me. It's, I have to say like, yeah, my experience with the fetish community has been overwhelmingly positive compared to sort of most other areas of my life, really. Yeah. Not to say that things don't happen. So, no, you know, of course not. You do see, you do hear things. Uh, recently, uh, a friend of mine uh, was doing a public scene in a bar and the dom that was doing the public scene wasn't paying enough attention and that person's consent was violated by someone in the audience that decided to do something just because someone was bound. They yeah. felt they had the right to touch the person and do something that actually that person 
has very clearly stated that they didn't want to be done to them. Uh, so those things happen, right? And this was two days ago. Um, wow. And I had that happen to me. Fortunately, it was uh, actually one of the reasons I don't like poppers is because that happened to me a, a while ago. Um, I met this Dom. He, he actually has passed away since. Um, and he used to live in New Jersey. And we, we chatted on a recon. It's like, hey, come come to my playroom. And let's have some fun. And I, he was into rubber and bondage. I was into rubber and bondage uh, back in the day when I used to sub. Um, and <laughs> put me in a sleep sack. And I was there for a job interview. So uh, the very next day, I had to be like up and early at 6 in the morning for a job interview. And he's like, hey, uh, do you like poppers? I'm like, no, actually, I don't. I, I have a heart uh, condition that I, you know, I, first of all, they give me headaches. And second, I don't like the way that it makes my heart pound because I have, you know, a certain heart medication I have to take. He's like, oh, you haven't had the good stuff. And once I was bound, Ooh. he forced me to sniff poppers. And I was trying to look away saying, hey, no. And he's like, oh, come on, W was just just taste it. This no. is the real thing. Uh, and this is this is real ammo. This is not the shit that you buy on online. And I was like, no, I said no. It's like, oh, just try it. And it's like, okay, I have to swallow it and, and like, you know, don't say anything because he's in control and I'm completely helpless. And, you know, I, I don't want to <laughs> end up in the news as like guys, guy gets murdered. So I just went along with it. And uh, after that, I was like, oh, that was great. Thank you. But, you know, you know, I really need to use the restroom. I think I should leave. Right. And, and luckily, fortunately, you know, he was kind enough to give me a ride back to my hotel. But I was like, I will never play with this person again. Um he passed away already, so it's, the point is mute. But uh, it was a very bad experience, and that's part of the reason I don't like poppers because a, I, I take heart heart medication that you know is not uh, indicated to to uh, take with poppers, uh, but also because he forced poppers on me when I very clearly said that I did not want them, right? So uh, hmm. luckily it wasn't more than that, uh, that you know, like rape or anything. But yeah, my consent was violated. So. Yeah, I mean uh, that's fucking awful. Because also, whenever any kind of substance comes into play, then there's another level of consent where it's like, well, now you're limiting my ability to consent, mm -hmm. which is just more and more dangerous. And if that's where that person's brain is at, then you have to think, you know, how many other, yep. how many, uh, yeah, what else has happened and how, how many other people? And, and even with consent, though, um, I had a scene. Uh... I learned how to do knockout play using chloroform uh, from the guy that wrote the safety manual for, for knockout play. And one of my friends was very curious and he said, hey, I want to do a knockout play with you. He's like, okay. And we discussed it ahead of time and we knew exactly what was going to happen. We did the scene exactly as we had discussed, but he felt really uncomfortable afterwards. He's like, hey, I, I don't like these pictures. Can you please take them down and delete them? Yeah. It, it feels really awkward not remembering anything and seeing the pictures of what you did. And it's like, well, I did exactly what we agreed to. It's like, I know. And I know that you respected my trust and that, you know, I don't feel violated by any means, but it's it's really weird seeing yeah. myself unconscious, even though you did exactly what you said you were going to do. I, I It feels it makes me feel so uncomfortable, right? So even when there's consent, there's still those those times where, you know, the mind, mind shifts and... Of course, you can always revoke your yeah. consent. And that also goes for, I've got a friend who, um, he had pictures that somebody else put up of him online and refused to take down yeah. and they had his face in them and they were on Instagram and they were public. Yes. And this guy kept refusing to take them down and said, you know, we agreed at the time. This is, you know, these are my pictures. And it's like, yeah, but they have his face in them. Yeah, I mean, that, that's messed up. he's saying no now. It doesn't matter why he's saying no now. It doesn't matter that he said yes before. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's un, unless there's some sort of uh, agreement or like you know financial thing there, but it's still like messed up, right? If someone says, yeah. "Hey, please take this down," you should take that down. Right, because right, like I mean, it's just basic. Like you would want someone to do that for you, right? Yeah, it's human decency, right? And and just yeah. you know being a good human being. Yeah, but yeah, um, it, but yeah, it's it's a touchy subject, right? Because then you can say, well. If that's the case, people can always say, oh, he raped me because I withdrew my consent after the scene. It's like, well, no, if you, during the scene, you can raise it up and say, hey, please stop. Mm -hmm. I don't like what you're doing. Totally fine. Right. But then if the scene happened, it's like, hey, I had a great time. And then, and this is speaking from not experience, but close experience with someone. It's like, oh, that scene was great. Thank you so much. The pictures are amazing. And then uh, that same person was like, oh, I got into a fight. I don't like that person anymore. Now I'm going to spread rumors that the person raped me. Right. So. It, it can be misused, uh, unfortunately. Mm. Which is so dangerous and volatile. And it's also like, I mean, using that as a reason not to, I mean, you should always assume. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just don't want to, you know, ever go into the territory of not listening to someone. You, you always have to take their side in the sense of, why would anyone do that? And the fact that people do is so fucked up. But, you know. No, but it happens, right? It, it does happen. And then you find the Dom being accused of things that the Dom didn't do, right? Mm. And but you know we believe the victim because most of the times the victim is right. But yeah, 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 people do abuse that, right? So, but anyway, that's just human nature. Humans are weird. Humans are fucked up, man. <laughs> they are. Um, can we? So, like, your playroom is so impressive. Nice. But I, want... <laughs> people think it's huge. It's actually very tiny. It's just a spare room. <laughs> it's not not a no, basement. Right, but what's impressive is the way you've kitted it out. Like it's all it's it's so well organized and there's so much stuff and it's also well put together. But I kinda wanted can we talk about your rubber cosplay? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> I was like, okay, you've got all this gear, but now what? You have all these cool outfits. <laughs> so I'm a giant nerd, and a lot of the people in the King community are giant nerds. Like Kingsters uh, are nerds. You have no idea. Yeah, Kingsters yeah. are, are are nerdy uh not all of them but most of us are in one way or another uh so i'm a giant nerd i love superheroes and you know even though i never read comic books i'm a giant video game what yeah so really? it was not popular you know where i grew up so i i never had access to them or whatnot um i love the cartoons and i love the movies based... i have recommendations okay good uh i love the cartoons and i love the movies based on like marvel and dc comics mm -hmm. and all the stuff i appreciate the storylines and I used to watch like Batman and Robin, the real action, you know, series back in the day, yes, way before yeah. you were born. Um, but yeah, that I'm more of a video game nerd and, and superhero nerd. Uh, so I was like, well, I went to Comic Con once with a friend who lives in Portland. So my first Comic Con was uh, the Rose City uh, Comic Con, and we went together, and we had a blast. And it's just like kids and adults dressed up as their favorite characters having a good time. And I saw so many women in latex. And it's like, okay, there's women in like really skimpy superhero outfits, but there's no guys in rubber. Why? Mm -hmm. It's like, if, if women can do it, why can't guys do it? Yep. So I decided to put together our, our you know, a, a cosplay using rubber. And the one of my favorite video game characters is Mega Man. Uh, and I decided to buy a, a cat suit in shiny blue and, and buy, you know, rubber briefs that I can put on top. And I had the helmet and the, the cannon that he has in his arm. Uh, I bought those during Comic-Con. So I had the collectibles that actually worked and that can be part of the costumes. So I was like, hey, this goes really well together. And I wore it to the next Comic-Con that I went to. And oh my God, I was not I was not ready for the reaction that I was going to get from people. 
I literally got stopped every five steps for people who want to take a picture. It's like, oh, Mega Man, can I take a picture? Like, uh, uh, of me? Uh, sure, uh, I guess. <laughs> it's like, can I take a picture? And literally, people just kept asking for pictures of, of me in the Mega Man cosplay. It's like, I wonder what caused that reaction. It's just a cosplay. There's many more elaborate. And it's literally just a guy in a rubber cat suit with rubber briefs on and a helmet and boots, right? It was nothing... I mean, there's a few things. First of all, it's Mega Man. Second of all, it's a very good cosplay. And I went to Comic-Con with a pretty bad cosplay and people were still stopping me for pictures. So whenever people see good cosplay, it's like, oh, on top of which, yeah, I felt the same way. I've noticed. It's like, well, there's no men wearing rubber or latex. And so people are going to look at that and go, oh, wow, that's different, even if that's as far as they think. Unless they go, oh, wow, that's hot, you know, like. And I had a couple of those. So uh, a gay couple was there with their with their uh, child. And they were like, I know where you bought that piece, that catsuit. <laughs> <laughs> so some of them clearly knew uh, that it was, yeah. it was a catsuit meant for, like, you know, kink purposes. Yeah. But other people they were like, oh, my God, what's that material? That's really cool. It's so shiny and so smooth and so slick. What is that material? Is that spandex? Like, no, it's actually rubber. It's like, oh, you can use latex as, as a cosplay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I've been to panels around, like, uh, unusual materials, and you know, I'm the guy who dressed in rubber <laughs> there in the audience saying, hey, look at unusual materials. Rubber can be a very good cosplay uh, material. It's very sweaty and very hot, so it is definitely, like, a, a, a sacrifice, if you will. You end up dripping sweat all over the place, and you end up, yep. like, really dehydrated if you don't drink enough water. But I started with Mega Man, and then it started branching out. So now I have, like, five or six different cosplays, uh, all based on rubber catsuits. Uh, because it's it lends itself very well to superheroes, right? It's just yes, totally. like see, the classic superheroes is literally your underwear on, on the outside, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the the cat suit acts as the base layer, and they just put the rubber underwear on top and rubber gloves and rubber socks. And you're you're done. You're a superhero, right? <laughs> so you just do it in the colors of the superhero that you like. Uh, but now I have uh, Cyclops. I'm very proud of Cyclops. I the Cyclops, dude. Okay, so I'm such an X Men nerd. The Cyclops was. <laughs> the coolest and so donkey dope who was on here did a really cool he did rogue and his friend was storm and i it, like i love when people put loads of effort into it and your cyclops is so fucking good but see that's the thing uh people are like oh my god how long did it take to make this it's like no no time at all because i bought it all so the catsuit is a catsuit that I bought from E7. The briefs and gloves are from Invincible Rubber. The harness, Mr. S has that model of harness. And all I did was ask him to add a cock strap. Uh, but it's not it's not a cock strap. It's instead of uh, it's a shoulder harness. So the ring is on the side of the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And the belt I bought on Etsy. There's this cosplay person that makes superhero utility belts. So I just bought one from, from there. So cool. And... Uh, the visor, the Cyclops visor I bought online. So literally, I didn't fabricate anything at all. The, the most thing I did was sew the patches. I bought the X-Men patches for the belt and for the harness. And with my really poor sewing skills, I sewed on so that it didn't fall off. That's all I did. Everything else was just you know bought from Invincible or Mr. S or other vendors. But that that's also a big hit. That cosplay gets a lot of attention. And uh, I love it because people are like, oh my god, it's 90 Cyclops. It's specific yeah. Cyclops from yes. the 90s. It's the classic yes. Cyclops. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Classic and, Jim Lee, like. Yes, yeah. and I've gotten friends saying you're just making my inner 13 year old, you know, very, very excited with a heart on, which is kind of disturbing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're making the the cartoon like. Well, that's the other thing is Robert is genius for cosplays because it's really hard to to make something from a comic book or a cartoon look good in real life, 
unless you build on it, you add to the design, you, you know, you have like creative materials to make it look good. However, spandex, like rubber always looks good. It always looks polished. It always looks because it's just that slick, shiny material. It looks, it's so easy. You, you wear a catsuit and you put a like jacket on top of it. Like it looks great. Yeah, and then that from Cyclosos, my second one, my second one. Then I did uh, Deadpool. I have a rubber Deadpool. Oh, I love the Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. Then I have the most recent one is Green Lantern. So I I, I had that custom made. I just cool. asked Invisible to to make it. Yeah, and and that looks pretty good. So yeah, I think those are the four that I have in rubber. And then I have one in leather, a Star Lord in leather. So I always try to bring kink to Comic Con, but in a kink in a Comic Con friendly manner, right? So for example, the cat suits are cut piece, right? And you know, so you have access to you know, yeah, all the fun parts. But during Comic Con, when there's kids around, I wear briefs on top of the cut piece, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't see the you know the out, the outline of my cock and balls. <laughs> that wouldn't be like appropriate for the venue right right right, right. yeah but yeah, yeah. Ah, so cool you have so much cool stuff can we talk about your cowboy boots <laughs> I, uh, the 44 pairs of cowboy boots that i have so cool you do line dancing right that's right i do yeah, country yeah. western and line dancing uh at a gay club also so in cool. san francisco um damn man well, those boots are cool they're fun oh, well and what and i wore them now almost every day uh what happened is i have one uncle in in texas and he works for a, a retailer that that sells western apparel and he every every year for my birthday since i moved here to the united states uh for my birthday he sends me a pair of boots and for Christmas. So twice a year, I get a box from him, or I used to. I told him to stop because I was <laughs> getting too many. And he knows my size. And what he would do is at the end of the year or when they had a sale season, he would look at inventory and see what was left in my size. And he would start sending me. And it's like, I was like, okay, so thank you, Uncle, for these awesome boots. In Texas, you can wear them every day. Here in California, not so much. People <laughs> look at you funny, right? And these are not like demure, quiet boots. These are like snakeskin and ostrich yeah. and like green alligator and blue ostrich and yellow, you know, lizard, right? So they're they're really loud boots. <laughs> so I was like, what am I going to do with these? And one day I said like, okay, let me get rid of them and start selling them because they take a lot of space. And I tried to sell a pair and I was like, oh my God, these are like $400 boots, $500 wow. boots. So he's been sending me like these really expensive shoes. I've they put them look it. They're like so cool. And some of them were really, really colorful and like not oh. anything like cowboy boots i've ever seen yeah so since since i had the boot collection and a friend of mine invited me to go learn uh country western dancing i was like okay cool now i have excuse to wear my boots uh <laughs> but i've actually started wearing them every day once you break them in boots are actually one of the most comfortable shoes yes uh, yeah because I they, they conform to your, the shape of your foot and they're like slippers they're really really comfy once you break them in so, nice yeah. okay do you have a yay for the day to end on a yay for the day I have two yay for the days, I guess. Um, Shit, do it. First is uh, yesterday, a new pair of leather pants arrived, so I'm breaking them in right now. I'm, I'm wearing them right now to break them in. Uh, I'm very excited. <laughs> Wait, I, you've I been wearing them. leather pants this whole time? Yes. You didn't ask. Show <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, damn, those are cool. With my cowboy boots, of course. Of so. course. Very nice. Very, Because I very work from nice. home. I can, I can wear whatever I want underneath. You only see the top part, so. Although leather pants with the dress shirt actually looks pretty good. So that's one day. And then the second day, I just finished posting uh, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes I had with uh, his name is Drone Next 1068, I believe. And he lives in California, but we haven't met. And one of my favorite things that I discovered that I like, he makes a perfect rubber drone and he has a cock sheet that encompasses his balls and cock. 
and it yeah. fits in perfectly. I've never seen someone fill out a cock sheet the way he does. It was so much fun because it literally looked like a dildo. It like it was his cock and balls inside of it, but it was so shiny and smooth, and it it blended seamlessly with the rest of his cat suit. So it was it was really really hot. Uh, so yeah, I just I just finished posting that scene. So uh, that was a big yay because it was a really hot scene. <laughs> so. Fuck yeah. Well, uh, everybody hurry to Twitter to check that out. Um, those are great yays. Okay, my yay is going to be that I um, I just went to the Reading Fetish Social and I really didn't want to go. I was so hungover. I was so tired. We weren't going to go. And then I went and saw my puppy and he changed his mind and we ended up going. And I was like, oh, I don't really have any gear, but I brought some clown stuff because I kind of thought maybe we would go. So I went, he gave me a, a he's got a neoprene surf suit mm-hmm. and he went in his rubber one. And then I thought, let me clown this up a little bit. And it actually went really well and looked really cool. Nice. Um, and I ended up having the best time, ha- you know, did a little hair of the dog and then felt fine. Um, and while I was there, uh, there was a quick um, rope work workshop and I got to try my hand at actually tying some knots for the first time and i really really enjoyed it nice. so yeah that was really cool so thank you to awesome. um pup arrow and pup jasper that was yeah super super cool i'll put their socials uh in the thing um anyway thank you for speaking with me today where can people find you online <laughs> my pleasure thanks for the invite anytime mm-hmm. and look forward to your next visit to my dungeon mm-hmm. where you can try electron you while you're locked <laughs> in custody while i'm suspended sure I can do all that. I've done it. It's there's a really hot scene that I just posted a couple of weeks ago. Exactly that. Fully rubber gimp, uh plugged with electric plug, locked in chastity, with the VR headset uh, watching Hibno. Oh, I, I I okay. Uh uh-huh, good boy. <laughs> you wanna take his place? Mm-hmm. Gonna be a good puppy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A good mindless submissive puppy for me. No. Good boy. <laughs> I have wanted to try VR. I've never, I've never done VR, and I, I really want to do like proper VR hypno and get my mind fucking. It, it, it's quite fun. I bought the Oculus just to do hypno uh, for scenes. And next, uh, the the drone next uh, 1068. He's actually helping me set it up so that I can mirror what you're what to to make the subs see in the glasses what they look like from the outside. Whoa! I'm looking forward to that. I haven't done it yet, but I haven't had time. But that would be total really out of body experience. That's so fucking cool. Exactly. So. Wow. Okay. Um, mm. Maybe you'll be my guinea pig for that once I get it mm-hmm. set up. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy. Stop exciting me at work. <laughs> okay, where can people find you online? <laughs> Uh, my Twitter, it, it's funny because it's misspelled on purpose. Uh, I'm Alpha Pop Kodiak on Twitter uh, or at R-B-R-L-V-E-R. So rubber lover, but, you know, without vowels uh, and misspelled on purpose. Um, and that's the same handle for Twitter, for uh, Facebook, for Instagram uh, and Recon, I think. Nice. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at T Stota. My, I don't know if you know, my Instagram got banned and uh, whatever. But it's been so long now that I'm like, I, it might, the, the handle might um, recycle. Yeah, yeah. So I might just. <laughs> it's available again. You can just. Yeah. 
just get it back. Uh, anyway, thank you for speaking with me today. Uh, this has been awesome. And now puppy's horny. Good boy. Uh, and join us next week as we go under the big top. Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly.